0: What is of soup? Welcome to TARDIS Talk, where each week we'll be taking you through our sorted thoughts and feelings on a series from the revived era of Doctor Who. This week, we'll be celebrating 50 years of the Travelling Time Lord as we go back to 2013 for the anniversary specials in Night of the Doctor and Day of the Doctor. I'm Chris, and with me as per usual is Cook and Matt. Hello... Hello. Hello. A bit weird this one because obviously we're going back, even though we covered Series 7 last week and technically Day of the Doctor is Series 7, we're sort of going back in episodes so we're almost time travelling in a way. Um, Night of the Doctor then. Uh, let's open this one up because this came out of nowhere. It was a bit of a surprise. It dropped suddenly. Nobody was expecting it and we got Paul McGann back as the Eighth Doctor to film his regeneration sequence which obviously we were sorely lacking because nobody ever saw Eccleston kind of how he came about, did they? um a brilliant sudden twist by the bbc to do that
1: well yeah i mean even again pumaganz opening line is very much a case of you know i'm the doctor but not the one that you're expecting was well, <laughs> yes yeah. okay it was very direct but it no one was was going to see in that coming
0: <laughs> although has to be said just a little production nod at this point when he says that and he runs towards the camera I, feel, I can't help feel like they leave that shot lingering a little too long it's almost like he's running towards the end of his track like he's about to hit the camera have you noticed that <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> go, go back and watch it. It's like he he says, "I'm the Doctor," but not the one you're expecting. And then he runs towards the camera, but they leave the camera tracking, facing directly at him. It's almost like he's about to collide with the bloody thing. But a you know, funny little minor thing, anyway. I love the concept, though. Um, doctor dies, Eighth Doctor dies, um, basically choosing to to be with this woman when she's going to die, um, and then oh yeah, he- but that it was also
1: fell into because she, you know, normally the doctor meets a potential companion and it's all whimsy and enjoyable and they're completely enthralled by him and in this scenario we had somebody who was disgusted would rather die there than actually yeah. go with him
0: yeah and herein lies my issue with the time war we'll, but we'll get to that later um
2: <laughs> it doesn't raise a question why did the eighth doctor sacrifice himself for this person he's known 30 seconds
0: Maybe he's just pissed off with the time war at this point, <laughs> or maybe he left his key on the other side of the door, and he just felt too embarrassed to say anything. <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> rather, he'd rather die uh, <laughs> than uh, show his show his ineptitude. But no, um, yeah, obviously he dies, uh, and and the sisterhood of Khan get a beautiful kind of comeback from their seventies origins, um, their one one shot origins, and and um, I love how basically he's given the choice to come back to life. But only as a warrior, because it's like it's established back in the in the Brain of Morbius that the the Sisterhood have got like more of a control over regeneration than the Time Lords. Um, So the fact that they can choose how you come back, whether you're like a warrior or a scientist or whatever, basically you can come back by drinking these elixirs of theirs. I think it's a nice little nice little suggestion. It feels kind of weirdly out of place for it. Um, It's nice to see. Sorry, it feels
1: weird on. to talk about elevated science and they're in a cave drinking out of magical goblets yeah. so there is that little bit to it but again it feels a bit more mysterious As so that whole elevated technologies into uh you can't uh, separate it from magic and all that so yeah, yeah, yeah. and the the mystical part behind it but again i i really enjoyed the the bit where they're they're giving him those choices you know what do you want to be what what actual aspect you need to solve this problem and he does that massive switch from like a character side... creation
0: screen
2: isn't it well
1: almost <laughs> yeah now that you mentioned it please pick your cast but um, but he does go very much from again previous doctor which is you know helping and healing people to warrior fighter this now requires a more direct approach for lack of a yeah person. but it's
0: like Cook just said it is a very sudden change though isn't it? he's basically like um he crashes and then he finds out Cass is dead and he's like oh no fuck this do you know what I want to be a kick-ass, badass warrior. Um, warrior. Well, but but they've implied the time war has been going on for a while. Yeah, they do. They do, and they cover that in Big Finish. And, of course, this is the first time that McGann has reprised his role since the TV movie. He's, of course, been doing the Big Finish audios for years. Um, plug, plug, plug. Um, he's been doing it for years. And it's nice to see that, finally, I know there's this old adage of, there is no such thing as true canon. It's only head canon. It's only what you believe in and all that business. Um, but finally, the BBC officially acknowledges the existence and the the um, canonicity, if that's even a word, of, of Big Finish because he mentions his companions' names, doesn't he? Charlie Carey's uh, blah, 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 as he's going through um, his his final regeneration speech. So it's nice to see that that's kind of like a plug into it. Um, but they pack a lot into eight minutes. It's like a, yeah.
2: a supercut,
0: isn't it, of basically kind of like a doctor's last moments. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just I just loved that that dropped. It came out of nowhere. Um, nobody was expecting it. I don't even think they announced it. They just basically said there's a, there's something happening at midday on this date, and then it dropped out of nowhere, and then
1: yeah, it was a proper surprise, wasn't it?
0: it? Yeah, literally did come out of nowhere. I can't remember um, whether or not. When this was all out and about, um, whether or not it was, <sighs> I can't remember whether it was kind of like advertised as part of the main fiftieth anniversary stuff, or if they just kind of like dropped it. I think it it must have been. It, it was obviously all connected, obviously one it? it must have been plugged as part of it. Cook, you're very quiet on this. What's I mean? Uh,
2: you... cause I honestly can't remember. I think it was. I think mostly it was a surprise. I yeah. don't think it was necessarily part of the main sort of advertising. Run. Yeah. Round, no, know, fair play, doing. fair play.
0: I think it yeah. was such a busy time they want it from an advertising point of view for Doctor Who in terms of Save the Day, hashtag save the day, and um the general fiftieth anniversary with that awesome trailer that they did. Um, you know, where it goes through loads of kind of um cardboard shots of of, of the different doctors doing different things and, and whatnot. Um but got to bear in mind, like, it's nice that they brought that that's that regeneration sequence in. Specifically, they've made that special specifically for the for the regeneration sequence, I, so that we could see that. But didn't
2: I just begs the question: Why didn't they just put him in the 50th? put him in the episode? I know. I know.
0: Yeah, that's what really aggravates me. I, I I did it in. Do you know what? I I re-listened back to last week's episode, and I sound like such a moany old bitch. So, I think this is the era. I'm sorry to our listeners. That by different
1: the way. from every other day. Yeah, that's a
0: fair point. <laughs> Apologies to our listeners, but from now, from this point on, I, I'm just going to sound crotchety with most of the episodes that we talk about. Um, no, I, I think, like, you're right. Why didn't they just include him in it? Um, all right. 50 but then thunders. again, mm. again
1: we, we do have to think, just to quickly finish on that as well, that, again, the, the cut room floor conversations, you have no, this might have been something they decided to cut from the 50th, but then include on YouTube.
0: Yeah, possibly. It's
1: all those things that you just don't know that happened, because they had a very... Every, as we move on to the 50th, we'll talk about this in a moment, We talk there is a lot crammed into this time frame.
0: Oh, God, yeah. And it was a very tumultuous production as well, from what I'm aware of, because they didn't know certain things about... All right, let's talk about the 50th, then, um, before we kind of go into into it in any more detail. So... Doctor Who starts in 1963 and it goes through various actors and various things happen throughout its run, including previous celebrations. And we get to um, 2013 and we have to celebrate 50 years, which is a massive milestone because it was like the longest ever running science fiction um, serial uh, in the world, historically. Um, And... it it needed to be celebrated for that reason. And it was more than just the TV show. There was the big Doctor Who celebration event down in London. um, And there was like uh, absolute shit tons of merch that were rolling out for it. And of course they wanted the episode to be something sort of spectacular and fantastic. I'm on the fence about it as a celebratory episode um, because I feel it, it, personally I feel it, it celebrates the new era more than, than 50 years I, I don't feel like it does justice to its entire heritage. Uh, I do enjoy it as a story. Jump in, because I literally am slating this. And I feel like...
1: uh, well, well, I had an interesting one. So I, I was quite lucky in the aspect of, as a gift from uh, uh, my partner at the time, I got to go see this in the cinema. Oh, shit, um, yeah, I forgot it was in the cinema. Yeah, there's right? another thing that was happening. that in um, 3D? Uh, Did you go in 3D? Uh, yes, we saw it in 3D um and again so what made me laugh was we didn't see uh we didn't see it as it as it aired we got to get the slightly later viewing because it was originally booked up and literally uh i shit you not two minutes before we go through the door i get a text of a really really close friend of mine who goes well that was shit wasn't it so <laughs> i'm about to go in i was <laughs> oh, like wow. oh i can't believe you've done that but you know to her credit she knew i was gonna see it in the cinema so i i put it away and watched it with open eyes but we got some really good um like advertisements and there were some clips and things that involved uh, both um, uh, 10 and 11 that actually appear on screen before you get to actually go in and watch the show. So... Oh, my
0: old friend Strax was in those adverts, wasn't he? Yeah, you
1: know, yeah, there they're... were some
2: clips like that. So a some of
1: them little were little. better than others.
2: Tyrants is eating popcorn or something. And uh, that was, like I said, there a... was
1: quite a few clips, so that's <laughs> one of them. It, yeah, it's nice um, to see that
0: they managed to get Doctor Who as like a big cultural thing. They're so big and cultural that they managed to get it in big chain cinemas and make it a proper event.
1: Um, yeah, and, and this is the bit I was trying to get to. It, just, it, it, it was nice that they built up that sort of level of excitement. But like I yeah. said, I don't think it... I think it solves a modern problem. And what I mean by that is it solves the whole questions we've been asking for years about... The Time War and last of the Time Lords and all that, but it doesn't necessarily give uh, due respect to its entire time. Mm. But then I also have to add in that extra citation of there's still, you know, if you wanted to go back and try and give credit to that entire period, that's a lot to get in and on screen while trying to tell one cohesive story. Yeah, and I don't even, I, you know, I'd like to think myself was quite a creative guy, and I have no idea how you'd accomplish that.
0: Well, I mean, like the the, the thing mm. is. It, the, the the main argument that Stephen Moffat gave I believe um, and I don't know how true this is I may be second sourcing this, I don't know is that the actors um, obviously Tom Baker excluded because he does have a cameo in it but Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy Paul McGann excluded again because they had this whole own little mini-sode so those key three actors basically um, weren't included in, in it um, because they're too old but I don't buy that and I don't buy that for one solid reason, and that is Time Crash, which was, well, I, I believe, Stephen I... Moffat, wasn't it? Who did Time Crash? Yeah, I think Stephen Moffat. So did I don't crash. buy the argument, um, especially having seen, uh, like, uh, Sylvester McCoy recently reprised the Seventh Doctor role for like um, an advertising video for one of the Blu-ray box sets, and he wore the outfit, and the bloke is like old and decrepit now. <laughs> I feel really harsh saying that because he's my favourite Doctor, but you know in the suit with the pullover and like the, the Panama hat and the umbrella he was the seventh Doctor, it doesn't matter that he looks old and slightly hunched and wrinkly you know, and I just think they could have found a really creative way like in Time Crash with a time differential shorting out or whatever it is they say to just to explain that these Doctors have come into the fray and they've aged as a result of crossing their own time streams or something I don't know, it annoys me that they weren't included.
2: The reason I don't buy it is because the first Doctor had, had three separate actors. <laughs> So does that that as matter? well, that as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: I, okay, let's let's start afresh with this this conversation because I think we've started on the wrong tactic. I do appreciate it and I do love it. as a fiftieth anniversary. I remember watching it, and there are certain moments in it as a Hoovian, I have no shame in saying, I welled up quite badly. Um, you know, it, it's it's a way, it, it's a love letter to the fans in some parts of it. It does some strong things. It shows us the Time War, which we've been waiting to see. It. Um, Brings back a classic enemy in the form of the Zygons. Um, It brings back a classic Doctor and gives us our first multi-Doctor story. Um, And it embellishes on uh, this mysterious new um, uh, mythos of of the War Doctor and uh, allows a a classic worldwide recognised British actor in John Hurt to kind of like take on the role and give something different to it that we've never seen before.
2: Yeah, I mean I think it even though like you say, there's a lot of fifty years to pack into one episode. I think, generally speaking, it accomplishes what it sets out to do. Mm. Um, whether yeah, that... and
1: it's, it doesn't reinforce that by saying it's full of nods and Easter eggs and all those types of things that you'd expect to see. But I think, from a from a story perspective, it would have been extremely hard to achieve getting the last fifty years into one straight plot.
2: What is the runtime? Seventy odd minutes, I think. Right. Okay.
0: So yeah, you're right. It, it, it nice. would have been it would have been difficult to try and get everything in there. I mean, let's not. I tell you what. Let's not focus necessarily on what it did wrong, um, and more on kind of what it did right. I mean, we've got Clara and the Eleventh Doctor at this point, so we're kind of going back a week here because we've already discussed Eleven's departure. We've got Clara and the Eleventh Doctor, and you were mentioning, weren't you, last week? Hook. I think I think you mentioned it's yeah. weird how Clara has this tonal shift between Series Seven in Series 8. And I think this is the crossover point to a degree, isn't
2: it? This is definitely where they start getting Clara right. Yeah. Um. In terms of her character. I think purely because they've now brushed the Impossible Girl mystery under the rug, basically.
0: Yes, yeah. I mean, for me, I find it a bit of a weird leap for the character, how she suddenly went from being a nanny to a secondary school teacher in one fell swoop, without any kind of exposition between the two. At um, Coal Hill. That's at Coal cool. Hill, of all, I wonder how she got that job. Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, um, I wonder if the doctors are on the board of governors at that place. <laughs> it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the amount of times that they've been to that. School. I mean, you talk about Coal Hill there. Actually, it' beautiful. The, the the start of that episode is is beautiful. Um, it mimics the start of the original episode. Uh, back in 1963 with a policeman doing his rounds um, it's even black and white for a moment isn't it and we get the old fashioned yeah. logo
1: mm-hmm.
0: but of course the signage is kind of down and and then we see the school, um, it's not the first time the school obviously appeared in the show, it appeared back in the 60s and then it was back in, in um, Remembrance of the Daleks in the late 80s and then of course it's back again in series 8, um, so Coal Hill and then it gets a bloody spin off, so Coal Hill in itself <laughs> is a bit of an iconic place um, but I, there's also something about that opening shot as well, not that opening shot, the opening sequence where we haven't seen the Doctor yet, and uh, Clara has to go and meet him. She gets, oh, apparently she can ride a motorbike now. That's the thing. So she gets on a motorbike and she whizzes off like a badass. And that beautiful shot of her riding into the TARDIS on the motorbike in one in a one shot is just fantastic. I love that. I absolutely adore that. I wonder if that's a nod to like. The very first time they did that when uh ian and barbara go into the tardis or i think they leave the tardis the very first time they've traveled somewhere and you get that internal external shot in one take which is brilliantly done
1: i'm not sure if it's or not, but you're right the shot itself is absolutely fantastic. It's, yeah sorry
0: yeah that's that's the that's the gist yeah so the episode in that case then is um it, i think another thing it does right is the saigons um Whether or not they are weirdly placed in this in this episode, I don't know because they only appeared in one classic Doctor Who story, so I find it weird that they decided to bring specifically bring these creatures back for the fiftieth anniversary. It's a big gamble.
2: I think it must have just been a on a whim from Stephen Moffat really it worked,
0: but it's it was a big bloody gamble to bring something like them back um because I love the Zygons, are a great, great idea. I think they work perfectly in in uh, Invasion Inversion in Series 9. Yeah, yeah. Series 9. Um, Which is a sequel to this episode, actually. It is exactly that. Because you mentioned that. Day of the Doctor has got... How many plots has he got? Three, I think. So it's got Zygon plot, and it's got Time War plot. Yeah, what's the third Mm, I was going to say the moment, but the moment's not really a plot. It's more part of the Time War stuff, so maybe there's just two plots running concurrently. Yeah, just we'll call it two plots, save it getting confusing. So basically you've got this invasion thing, haven't you, with the Saigons trying to invade time through paintings.
2: Um, For for an episode that does Force 2 concurrent stories together i think it does do it extremely well <laughs> oh, it does
0: yeah matt you said earlier though it, it packs a lot in i don't i didn't know whether you were kind of saying that with a hint of derision or not
1: yeah so for me i i i think the both stories separately are fantastic i think the bridge that connects them is so loose that it's almost not worth
2: having it i mean there is what is the bridge thing? I I literally don't know.
1: It's the whole storing things in uh, in the 3D Time, uh, time yeah, Lord. time
0: painting. painting, yeah, the Time Lord painting. And I'm like,
1: yeah. if we went through the entire Zygon bit just to get that, there are hundreds of thousands of other ways to get the same effect. It
0: does seem like a weird choice, doesn't
2: it? It's a oh, very yeah, loose connector. It's a very loose connector. Where did the Zygons even get that from if it's Time Lord art? They never
0: mention that. Nope. No, they never ever, ever mention that.
2: I'll tell you what. I did like though, actually, because it's just come up on screen. The um, statues bit was quite clever because I didn't really see that. Oh before. yeah, that yeah, went straight cool. over my
0: head too. Yeah, that's quite cool. I mean, again, it it seems weird though that they would specifically choose Saigon's for that moment. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't
2: know. just wanted something different because. Dalek's already in it. Cybermen would have been a bit on the nose. We've already had a Dalek in Cybermen episode in season two.
0: But then isn't this... This is the thing. So this is technically a 50th anniversary. I mean, the, the Daleks aren't the main protagonist in this episode at all. It's the Zygons. The Zygons are the, the main protagonist. They are the cause of the threat, and they are the ones who are going to kind of, like, you know... You know.
1: Yeah, but I think... Yeah, that's think, true. If we're choosing, like you said earlier, a 50th anniversary special, we want to go back and honour some of the past... It's probably a really good opportunity to bring an old enemy into the modern age.
0: Well, again, that is also probably why they did it. They thought, let's let's do this this way. Um, I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, any any fan of the show could say, oh, I can think of a better way of celebrating fifty years <laughs> of, of it. And and any, I think I think many
2: different ways of it would work. Um, a lot the of argument like... are actually in this episode. They're in a painting in the. Uh...
0: Oh, they are, aren't they? That's right. Um, yes,
2: under um, um, gallery. I yeah, that's true.
0: They, they get a brief <laughs> cameo. Um Yeah, there's this there's, there's various different nods to it. Yeah, I'll tell you what I find interesting though, Name of the Doctor feels more like an anniversary special than than this does. Oof, because of the amount of lore nods to it.
2: Um I I disagree purely for the um, multi doctor aspect. I think because this is definitively the only real multi-doctor episode we've had but then in the don't, revival don't
0: we said this last week uh, i think you mentioned it matt you said that you thought that the special was going to be the doctor trying to get out of his own time stream
1: yeah well there was again my partner at the time said that idea is we saw the uh his his timeline scars would sort of collapse in the background yeah um and that to me sounded like a great idea like trying to escape from sort of like historical events they'd encountered before but then <laughs> There was, like I said, there was no explanation as to how he got out of his own time stream and why that was so centralised on screen. So maybe it's just reading too much into what amounts to a three second clip, but it
0: sounded like a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know whether or not it would have been better to have have... Uh, the 11th Doctor going back through his own past and meeting various different incarnations of, of his Doctor at different point. This is it. I'm doing exactly what I just said about two minutes ago. I'm coming ah, up with a fanfic theory as to a different way of approaching this know, situation. But, but,
1: but this comes back to what I said earlier as well, which is that I... the I, yes, okay, there are hundreds of different ways you could do it and everybody's got an idea about that, but I think you would have either done what we've got at the moment, which is a cohesive story with some good nods and some good Easter eggs, or it would have just been a... It would have been such a bombardment of Easter eggs and such a bombardment of ideas, and you know, forcing down your throat that the story may not have lived up to it all. So I don't think there was going to be a way that got every every Hoovian wanted as a payoff. There's always going to be some group of Hoovians who's going to be disappointed.
0: Yeah, I suppose you you can't account for everyone. Um... Uh, I'm, I'm probably just quite a cynical old fart. In that case, <laughs> I wasn't old back in 2013. <laughs> just want to point that out. But... Ah, you <laughs> were compared uh, to me and Kirk. Just cynical, cynic- yeah, <laughs> cynical, yeah, cynical fart at that point. Um... Everyone's old compared to me. <laughs> <laughs> the baby. So, all right. In terms of plot, then, um, I guess kind of like, I personally think they could have done more with it, and they played it incredibly safe. Uh, they did what they did well with it. They did what they did with it. They did well, but for me i think it's the 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 um the five doctors is like the quintessential idea of what an anniversary special should be lots of little monster cameos within a self-contained context and some uh, a multi-doctor story with previous actors in the role and that's it. I think the problem was they had to wrap up the Time War into this somehow as well, so they probably wondered how they were going to do that. Um, well, they didn't
2: have to, really. There was... Well, I say they have to. They chose to It's probably a better way of putting it. He
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, did write your Time offer... War
2: sandwich. Time War offer sandwich. Definitely <laughs> tried to solve a number of Doctor Who problems throughout his tenure. Namely the Time War and also the um, 12 Regeneration Limit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, as we find out later, that seems to be a little bit superseded anyway. But I think I think yeah. with 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 the story, um, I'm just going to end it on a note there and say I think what they did with it uh, isn't to everybody's cup of tea. But what they did with it, production wise, etc., performance wise, they did well. It's it's enjoyable. I've I've never basically thought I don't want to watch that again. That was crap. I've seen this episode probably more times than I've seen any other New Who episode. Just because one, it's easy viewing. Two, it's it's well paced. Three, it's it's yeah.
2: Uh, it's tough. Def- I don't think it's the most rewatchable one, but it's not a skippable. It's matter think. of taste, I suppose, isn't it? It's yeah. it's, it's, it's one I, that I find say, the easiest to watch.
1: I and I always have to throw out there because it always sounds like a negative thing. And I like. I think the two separate stories again, Time War and Zygons, are both good. I enjoy both of them. I think they'd have been, benefited more being apart.
2: Yeah. Yeah. more no, like sequels. Or one after the other, or something. Would... Yeah,
1: or more time, to flesh out both aspects. But I don't think the fact that they are together didacts from either, I just think that they would have been stronger separated. I have to the also just thing... stipulate...
0: Sorry, just before we go any further, I had to stipulate. Yeah. Stephen Moffat had a very difficult job. He had to basically yeah, build yes. 50 years of law into one thing. So I'm not criticising his abilities at all for this for once, I should say. Sorry, go on. Um...
2: I was just going to say, I wish the BBC would learn what feature length means. Ah, oh, I know, yes. right?
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I suppose it got to call, the Midwife episodes
2: have had longer feature lengths. I think, I think lengths. Deep Breath is as long, if not slightly longer than this. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's a weird, weird choice to make it, more, what you said, about 75 minutes. This could have been an hour and a half, easily. I bet there was tons from the cutting room floor for this one. I know because yeah, it was it was marred in production issues, isn't it? Um, pre-production issues, I should say. All right, let's just very quickly talk about the um, whole Eccleston uh, issue. So they
2: wanted to get Chris Eccleston back, didn't they, for it? Yeah. Um, I think Moffat said he had a dinner with Eccleston. And... Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and and he just wasn't interested, which is fair enough, given on his experience. Um, his alleged experience of of his time on the show was. Um, I don't say that because I don't believe it. I'm just, you know, in in clarity and fairness and all that. Um, So it's a shame that he didn't come back for it. I mean, all right, we started to get to see the burnings of a regeneration sequence from Hurt into Eccleston, which was kind of nice to see. Um, But I I think it, it would have been, from what I understand, it would have been a very different special if Eccleston had come on board, wouldn't it? I think there was some it's... details somewhere yeah. weren't there of a, of a rough outline of how it would have been, and it yeah, wouldn't have, it would been have been anything been... like this.
2: I think it would have been similar. I mentioned it probably. I think it must have been the last episode where we watched Name of the Doctor. But um, the whole idea was that Eccleston would have woken up from this mirage, which was his future. So it would have. It's got similar threads with the War Doctor being shown his future selves. Yeah, but it would have just been the ninth Doctor waking up from a sort of <laughs> from a dream. Thing like that. It was yeah. all a dream <laughs> during the Time War days. Uh, I think it would yeah. have been. I think it definitively would have been the ninth Doctor fighting the Time War at that point, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah. It sounds like it was basically quite a troubled pre-production thing to start and get ready. But again, I think he had a lot to kind of contend with. Um,
2: I think another point of that was I remember seeing that it because it was an out-of-season thing, they had to effectively re-contract all the actors and at one point they had only Jenna Coleman signed on. Oh really? I didn't know <laughs> that. Yeah, oh, so wow. Moffat, I think, momentarily had some uh, panicking going on as to how he was going to make a this <laughs> episode. <laughs> I <laughs> bet he, I <laughs> bet he had sweaty bollocks during
0: the making of this. I bet he was not keen <laughs> at all. Um, do we think, do we believe, that the statues in the Under Gallery are actually Davison, and Baker, and McCoy. <laughs> I'm talking, of course, oh, from the Five-ish Doctors. from the Five-ish
2: Doctors. Yeah, the the comedy spin-off. I'd, I'd like to think so.
0: <laughs> I I can't tell. I've, I've watched it several times. Like I say, I've watched it loads of times, and I can't tell every time I watch it. I'm not sure if it is them or not. McCoy's quite small in stature, so... And uh, Baker's quite wide in stature so (laughs) so i don't i don't know but Uh, the
1: most obvious answer is normally the right one and all that
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much okay so (laughs) plot wise then it's it's good for what it is um and from production point it, it you know they did a great job in celebrating that's perfect so there's a couple of things then about this particular special that it does in terms of kind of like um delivering stuff so one of the minor characters that I just want to mention about is our Doctor Who fan surrogate, and she's a brand new character, of course, and it's Oswin. Oswin Osgood?
2: Uh, yeah. Is it Oswin Osgood? This. Um, yeah, yeah, Os. That's, that's, no. That's, no, Osgood. No, Osgood Pet- is, is. Petronella Osgood.
0: Petronella Osgood, that's right. <laughs> Why yeah, did well. they choose a character with a similar name? Um, of course, she's got the, the, the Tom Baker scarf and the bow tie and she's basically a Doctor Who fan uh, like a meta Doctor Who fan isn't she? That's the gist Yeah The purpose of that character is to be that and plus she's a unit character as well so it's like saying, hey all you cosplayers you can be like me too <laughs> but I, I love the character, I think she's great and I think it was a perfect little uh, decision to include someone like that and of course it was nice to see Unit having such a role in the 50th anniversary as well of course Kate Stewart came back into it um, and had quite quite the part in it as well,
2: didn't she? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't really think there's too much to say about that. <laughs> 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 I mean, Denied. Unit's been part of, <laughs> of Doctor Who e for ages. So Denied case. It, right? would have, it would have been a glaring omission to not have Unit in this.
0: Yeah, the Briggs mentioned in this briefly, isn't he? He gets a, a yeah, brief yes. mention, doesn't he? Or is there a picture of him? I can't remember. It's one
2: or the other. Probably both. Yeah, there's a lot of pictures of old companions in the black archive.
0: Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's that's quite funny. That part, all the all the previous kind of like, um, you can tell they're just taken from the front of TV Times across the era, can't you? <laughs> Picture of Sophie Alder of and Carol Ann Ford in the Invasion of the Daleks, um, or Dalek Invasion of Earth rather. So, okay, so in terms of other characters, then one of the big characters, of course, is the one introduced the name of the Doctor, and that is the secret incarnation in the War Doctor. I still to this day cannot think of him as the Doctor. I just can't. I find it really hard to insert to slot him into my headcanon. I know he is and I accept it, but I struggle. Do you get what I'm saying? Does Not that make really? sense?
1: No? I mean I so I I I after seeing, you know what, like the ten seconds of him we had on screen before the special, mm. um I definitely envisioned him to play the Doctor one way. And my expectations were completely flipped when I saw it in the 50th Oh, he does a great job, yeah. Right, absolutely. I'm not saying, by the way, my expectations were flipped (laughs) in a bad way. Just how he planned on playing that character was completely different than I thought he was going to play it. Mm. Um,
2: Yeah, I definitely thought it'd be a lot um, more... um, ...military
0: yeah that's what i thought maybe by this point he's not supposed to be maybe he's just worn down because he keeps saying no more doesn't he like a bloody parrot so maybe maybe (laughs) by this point he is fed up of it all
1: just with less squawking yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that
0: (laughs) but i I think like um in my head just goes one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven at this point and i'm like that's it but now i have to go one two three four five six seven eight War 9, 10, <laughs> Like, my brain can't compute yeah, that. That's and, a really weird and, thing to get your head around.
1: And it gets very, it gets a lot harder as well, considering the fact of one of the uh, things that come out at the end of this episode is around the fact that the the war doctor is now, is reconsiders himself a doctor.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I found that a real struggle. Um, Does he though? Because he forgets that as soon as he
1: generates. Yeah, but then he remembers it later on, because remember, it's still, yeah, right, regenerates, but it's still the same character moving forwards.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah.
0: So
1: by the time that it catches up to Eleven and Us, the audience, at this point in time, he considers himself a doctor.
0: mm I think I think like the portrayal of the war doctor could have been a bit. I think you're right. He could have been a bit more militaristic and less grumpy, because you get you're supposed to get the impression that this doctor did all the inconceivable things that the doctor as a character could ever do. See, um, um, interestingly, I'm, the the reason why I thought
1: that is I was expecting more militaristic. Absolutely, but I think he's probably not grumpy enough. He's cracking jokes and joining in and having a laugh in some places, mm, and I'm like,
2: he really was, should be absolutely shell shot to the bone.
1: Or, or if not shell shock just
2: destroy
0: and he should also be the one in the episode making all the bad judgment calls and when i say bad i don't mean kind of like the wrong ones i just mean making the dark judgment calls like he should be the one who says when they have the, Zygon kill the issue, <laughs> kill the zygons they're a threat you know i've been dealing with the time war and killing daleks for god knows how long um i don't take you know like david tennant's um kind of uh character was basically I don't do i I'll, I'll only give you one chance and that's it I don't do second chances and Matt Smith's was kind of the same 11th. so basically the, all, all the other doctors were like look I'll give you a chance the whole concept of the war doctor was he was the one they were so ashamed of because he just did things and in my mind that's basically kind of like um there's a train full of uh I'm going really here, totally but there's a, there's a train full of civilians and on that train is a known terrorist. The War Doctor would be the one who would blow up the bridge, just to kill that one terrorist. Do you know what I mean? That's how I perceive that the Doctor, the, the War Doctor, yeah. he, he's the one who does who does the really dark acts
2: um, to save the many.
1: Yeah, the, the, the ends justify the means. Exactly. Kind of, well,
2: Thank you. That's it. But they never betray. To... <laughs> especially when he's trying to end the Time War. Like, yeah.
0: I so, "Wow, well, yes. you mentioned that, then? Yeah, I suppose that's that's one way of looking at it. Have you counted yeah. how many children there are on, on Gallifrey? Yeah, I suppose so. But even then, he hesitates. It's like if this War Doctor is really supposed to be so. But then again, am I misinterpreting this? And is it actually because the the doctors don't look at the War Doctor because they are ashamed of him pushing the button?" Is it not necessarily? It's not so much about what he did before that. It's about the fact that he—they think he destroyed Gallifrey, which he could be. And the interpretation is, my interpretation is wrong.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I think
0: that's uh, the, the mixed message at that point. I don't know whether or not that is that is the in, in, you know. The, I mean, in, in, from, from she... their
2: point of view, they will probably have memories of pushing the button. Will they not?
0: Um, they must Until have. They don't. Yeah, they must have. I, I mean, it's that Deus Ex thing, isn't it? They don't tend to kind of explain, other than the fact that he'll forget most of it. They just know that Gallifrey was destroyed and he was responsible for it.
1: Well, um, yeah, because they they talk about it in the episode, don't they, about how the fact that they've seen it burn before and they never want to see that again.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I... It's that old time travel question: Is that did did you actually change history, or was it always like this?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. and again, that comes back to what we talked about in previous uh, uh, episodes of this as well, where we talked about continuity versus anything goes.
0: I get the impression in this case it was always like this.
2: Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think they changed it. I think it was just always because
0: they say you forget, so it's not as if he kind of like never knew because he'd forgot. No, actually, that's exactly Wow. It's I mean, late. I'm one... talking myself into a hole with this one.
2: <laughs> my one, my one takeaway with this, which kind of links back to the name of the Doctor thing, um, I th- always thought that it was implied that Clara didn't see the War Doctor because um, the the Doctor's time stream just stopped her from seeing it because you know it's the hidden incarnation. But my personal theory is that he did so much shit that he never needed to be saved
0: well yeah he said that last week actually. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a fair point he was badass he would not hesitate um he would not he would basically i, I don't know I, I would like to think the reason they were all scared of the war doctor was because he was a dark mofo he would not hesitate to you know do i have the right the famous fourth doctor quote he wouldn't even ask that question he'd just do it yeah, it's good job they didn't send back him back to deal with the Genesis of the Daleks, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the answer to what he do is wait a few hundred years. If <laughs> you
0: ask that question, he'd be kicking his way in.
2: Well, that um, was actually that's loosely um, theorised to start at the time war, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, in a roundabout sort of way. They, they Russell T Davies said the Genesis of the Daleks was the first strike, uh, and then like it was like a cold war for ages, especially with the stealing of the Hand of Omega and remembrance of the daleks and all that sort of stuff um and then if you factor big finish into it as well there's all sorts of bits and bobs where that that's all part of it but i don't know my, my i haven't have we spoken about this before i can't remember if we have so i won't go into it on to labor the point too much um just what we're talking about the time war then we see the time war properly in this one i don't like the portrayal of the time war in the new series I like the abstract concept of the Time War that Russell T Davies came up with, and Dave the Doctor, where they're showing all of these Dalek saucers pummeling Gallifrey. It's just a little bit too on the nose for me. Um, I think
2: my way of thinking about that is all of the abstract proxy way of fighting has already happened, and this is just the, the, the last resort. Oh, okay, fair enough. The, I can buy it. the that. home run. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Because they are attacking Gallifrey itself, I mean. It's not a ruining point of the episode for me
0: or anything, it's just kind of like when they show the Time War and you're just like, oh, look, Dalek's attacking yeah. Gallifrey. Oh, hey I,
1: I preferred it when it felt, again, almost mythical as well, yeah. during the little nods, because again, I think the problem that you have is even if it is this this last stand type of viewpoint is it's meant to be... And then this happens, and then they go back in time and change it, and then somebody else goes back in time and change that. It's that whole constant overriding of horrors and victories and defeats, and yeah. I don't think that was captured well on screen. No. But I also have no idea how you would capture that on screen. Occurs, <laughs> That's the thing, honest.
2: isn't it? Like Russell T. Davies came up with all these things, like the Nightmare Child and the never was it's that poetry program. of his language again yeah how did you portray that i think yeah
1: and i don't i don't want to deduct because i have no idea how you put that on screen but then the problem is once you've got again all that poetry and that and that that mythical era to talk about nothing would ever live up to it no that you could probably
2: portray no it's exactly. definitely stuff that works better i think in audios the only ones i've listened to are the wallmaster ones Oh, so, the finished stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like the heavenly paradigm was supposedly a time war weapon, wasn't it? And it just... That's a
0: brilliant concept again. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think they can do certain things with it. But then I, again, like you just mentioned, I can buy it as a last stand type thing. I think it's feasible. Um, yeah. But the, the, this this representation of the war doctor just being this kind of like grump, and they're supposed to be scared of him. You know, he puts he puts a lump in their throats when they see him. Um, and then uh, it's the BBC. They're not going to show. You know. They're not going to show him doing all these dark things, which is fair play. I get that. Um, you needed a bit more edge, though. I think that's exactly it. Just a smidge. Just a, a, a well,
1: yeah, smidge I mean, of edge. We, you know, ignoring the sort of the, the first bit that we have with him in the barn and whatnot, when he finally, lack of a better phase, it drops into the forest alongside um, ten and eleven, it's straight into a bit of light-hearted humour.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it really is, isn't it? At that point, the the banter between the three of them is um, it's quite something.
2: It doesn't oh, really nice. make sense because he, he's about he's literally moments away from wiping out Gallifrey. Which mm. I feel like he would be on a bit more of a headstrong mission to to find the Doctor and figure out who these people are. Yeah, I because love his desktop as well. The um magnitude of the decision he's about to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I do I do I do love um the 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 bits that he's in, specifically the stuff to do with like um when he's on Gallifrey is his catchphrase of no more. Uh it it's he's basically supposed to be come across as kind of like old tires general, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I think it carries across in that way. Alright, well you you've mentioned basically kind of the moment. Let's talk a little bit more about, about Her then, I say her. Of course, Billy Piper came back and reprised the role of Rose, which everyone loved. No one really knew who she was going to be or what she was. So it was a real delight to basically see this episode and see her come back. Um, Isn't this like the fourth character that she's played on screen in Doctor Who?
1: Fourth. Well, she's played Rose, Bad Wolf, the Moment, and Cassandra.
0: She played Cassandra. Oh, she did. You're right. Yes, yes, she did. Yeah, she totally did. That's so, a very good point. Fair one. play so she's having around, a variety so. of characters. <laughs> yeah, she has got around. I mean, um I love the concepts at the moment, and then it chooses basically this, this form the Doctor wouldn't recognise, who is Bad Wolf. Uh to 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 interface with. I think that's a, a brilliant little little kind of nod to to Rose Tyler. Yeah,
2: I mean I'm not a massive fan of Rose, so I'm not really going <laughs> to grieve Rose actually not being there, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, suppose.
1: I, I was happier when, when, I don't know what the correct term is here, but when she referred to herself as Bad Wolf over Rose Tyler.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's also the throwback of the glowing eyes and stuff.
0: Yeah, I, Yeah, I mean... The concept of this sentient weapon that can wipe out all life, um, and then it judges you. I think that's a brilliant idea. And who, uh, who would be better judging you than your future
2: girlfriend?: I think yeah. I mean, I mean I know Rose: it me feels a like.: girlfriend up, had... I feel like this was written for Eccleston, that, that particular part. Could you imagine him doing that though?
0: What like having that same sort of dialogue with her. I think so. Yeah, I think it suits Eccleston. Better, I can't but it see suits it. The War Doctor. I, I I can't see that. I mm, I don't know. I I quite like the 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 banter she has with, uh, the War Doctor. No more. You know, and all that sort of stuff. I think that works quite well. Um, yeah, but it's only very
1: brief, and again, it sets an interesting tone because of what's happening. Like the whole "Why did you park so far away?" conversation as well. I love that. But, yeah, but I You're can still. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I can still see it because the moment then it turns into the actual conversation about what he's there to do. Her entire her entire demeanour changes to suddenly a very serious conversation.
0: Mm. And she carries it on really well, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably some of the best acting Billy Piper's ever done. <laughs> mm.
0: Shots fired. I'll be back, bro. I'll be back. Okay. Um, There's, of course, a couple of other sort of dynamics that go on in this this episode. It's the first multi-doctor story that we have. So, excluding the War Doctor, we're talking specifically 10 and 11 here, Um, they do that thing, don't they? So they basically try to mimic a lot of the relationship aspects that um, specifically Troughton and Pertwee had in the Three Doctors, and then again later in the Five Doctors, where they're basically... Respect each other, but they also get pissed off with each other very quickly. Um, and a lot of that shows, doesn't it? When they, like the personal, in, in, uh, the personal in, insults, um, the sonic screwdriver quotes, the, sh- the sand shoes, etc., etc. The banner sort of works yeah. quite well.
2: It's a little bit of that. I just think it's it has a bit more sharpness to it between Trouton and Pertwee, whereas I think these two get on more. Uh, they're a little bit friendlier towards each other.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think it starts as, you know, like a couple of old mates haven't seen each other in a while trying to one-up each other as opposed to actually trying to drive the knife in.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's, that's probably a, a better way of putting it, I, 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 I think. Um, it's nice to see the two actors kind of like together. It would have been something truly special to have seen Eccleston. Tennant and smith together yeah um sort of bouncing off each other because it just feels a little jarring having john hurt there as well as like this third doctor non-doctor that we don't really know and can relate to yet um but okay. i suppose that's carried really well because tenant i see it more in tenant than i see it more in smith Tennant kind of like really gets goosebumps when john hurt is saying something or Doing something like he—he he looks genuinely disgusted or fearful of the War Doctor during those moments.
1: But then,
2: I, I was just going to say, I think they—I think they missed an opportunity to have the Doctor as the villain in this episode. Go on. Purely because I—I th- I don't know. I think having the concept of there's this incarnation of the Doctor, we're ashamed of him. Um, he's done stuff that we really can't even bear to think about and now we have to stop him
0: mm, maybe that's a bit too dark for a celebration though
1: yeah and i think i mean it could careful. have had a redemption
2: a little bit
0: not
1: you have to remember it's a a it, it's a show aimed at everyone so it has to be fairly open and the last thing you want to do is come across too dark that you taint your main character forever
2: yeah that's true
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a fair point i mean um yeah, yeah, that's a very fair point. Okay, so Day of the Doctor packs a lot in. It ties up a couple of things. One of the big things that it does, of course, is it shows us what happens to Gallifrey. And it sets up a brand new, I suppose, arc, if you like, or a brand new uh, direction for the show. In that the Doctor has sent Gallifrey off to a parallel bubble universe at the end of time. And he does his little monologue at the end where he's basically saying, Clara's asked me if I sleep and do I dream? And I've told her, uh, yes. Um, and he's basically dreaming about the way to go home uh, because he's been running away from home all his life. And now he wants to go back and he wants to find it. Um, I think that was a perfect setup that Stephen Moffat did. Uh, you know, the past fifty years have been about the Doctor running from Gallifrey. The next fifty year about him running towards it. He wants to find home. Home's gone missing now. It's not. It's not blown up like we've been led to believe for the past what uh, eight years since the show came back and they announced the time warm. Gallifrey was gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, I, personally, I love the idea that he was like, "I'm now going to go and find Gallifrey." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, I also agree. Which I'm sure we can all add was subtly um, <laughs> mishandled a, a season later um, was it a season later? whatever it was um, a season or two later Yeah. I mean the, okay so th- at the very end of the episode is that whole sequence where the Doctor decides he's going to put Gallifrey into the stasis cubes and that's when we get our uh, our little multi-doctor moment with all all 13 so we're treated to these, and sharp intake of breath there because it always hurts me badly. This is a Whoonian. We're treated to really cheap archive footage of previous Doctors, uh, basically just saying a line from a previous episode of Doctor Who, uh, with the exception of the first Doctor, who someone recorded a specialist line for. Then who it was who Did it? I hate that sequence because it was so underwhelming. At the time, I was kind of on edge and like, this is amazing. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't hold back, buddy. I'll tell you what, right? there is There's is, there's tons of fan edits and stuff like that out on the internet. But there is that one called, I think it's Gallifrey Falls No More. Yeah. And it's like a 10-minute edit and it makes... I, I shit you not, the first time I saw it, I cried. And I'm only talking about two years ago. I was like a, a mid-30-year-old man and I, I really glassed up at watching it because it is beautiful. It does... It it takes archive footage, but it and it's just a bloke. I mean I'm not I'm not demeaning his skills, but he, he edits this the, these cuts of these old Doctor Who clips together. So it's like the doctors are talking to each other in such a beautiful way. And I can't help but feel like they didn't do that in the in, in Day of the Doctor because of time constraints. And, and the thing that annoys me there is that it's like why didn't you sacrifice some of the other shite, like the Doctor and Elizabeth having a picnic, just so we could have a little bit more of of all of those Doctors having a bit of banter at the end? That would have been beautiful.
1: And this is very much what I mean when I was talking. I meant, I briefly mentioned earlier about the Time War sandwich, because again, as <laughs> two separate stories, as some really good ideas, but we get, you know, time, time War slice at the beginning, loads of Zygon story, and then we get Time War slice at the end, and yeah. it just... Doesn't again two separate stories that would have been brilliant by themselves, but blended together, just it mean that both suffered because of something. Yeah,
0: of course. I mean, there's a fantastic bit in that very, very final, final closing moment as well, which nobody was. Well, two fantastic bits actually. So let's talk about those quickly. First, fantastic part was attack eyebrows. Of course, I'm talking about Honestly, Peter Capaldi's first moment.
2: Yeah, I, I that was the highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, purely well, because. This is the first time we've ever seen a future doctor appear prior to their actual debut. Yeah. Uh, oh god, don't don't say that. <laughs> hey, I'd love Joe Martin to be the next doctor. Um, you're right. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about uh <laughs> John Bishop. Oh,
0: <laughs> moving on. Um, no, you're right. It was it was great to see Capaldi
2: because it was like a teaser. Um, but yeah, that that perked me up because honestly, I. I mm. Like, getting through this episode is a little bit of a slog. Like It's enjoyable.
0: It does drag on but, towards the end. There's no but denying it does, that. Yeah, it does... Uh... I contradicting myself, because I said earlier the pacing's good, but now you mentioned it now, the pacing is a little off at the end. It does slow down a little bit.
2: I think, yeah. I, I, it's one of those weird ones, how it feels like there's too much, and also... not enough time. It, it or, kind of like the like saying probably. lots
0: without saying much. Yeah, basically. Sort of thing.
2: But yeah, um, Capaldi appearing... Um, it's definitely one of the highlights
0: with no sir all 13 brilliant yeah um yeah i just implore listeners go and look for the, the gallifrey falls no more video on youtube because it's brilliant it, it they end up kind of like just acknowledging hundreds of doctors including jody Whitaker as well which is just beautifully done um so yeah the, the the seeing peter capaldi is brilliant um
1: just to confirm as well in the cinema there were gasps
0: yeah i bet there were there was there was gasps on sofas all across the country um i watched it with my wife and she didn't have a clue what was going on with it she was like what what are you excited about like nearly sent my crabby's flying across the room (laughs) um of course the second big thing this is the bit that got me crying like grown baby man (laughs) grown man baby uh is of course in the um uh the gallery at the end the the and of course, the doctors have said their goodbyes and Matt Smith sat there and he's looking at the painting and then you hear those ah uh, those velvety tones of Tom Baker just oh you know hes just like oh I, I dare think <laughs> you should do uh, and he just hobbles on this little old man with gray hair and twinkly eyes and it's like oh my God that's the fourth doctor and of course the dialogue alludes to the fact that he's a future incarnation of the doctor and you're just like oh, I'm glassing up thinking about it again now, like some sort of wet blanket. It just it it, it had an effect on uh, on like I don't want to be kind of elitist and say classic Whovian specifically, but if if like you're a new Who fan and you've never grown up watching Tom Baker or anything like that, I can't imagine it would have that impact on you. You'd probably be like, "Oh, cool, that's like an old Doctor." But the fact that they yeah, brought him back my for my reaction, it, <laughs> yeah, the 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 fact that they brought an old Doctor back for it, I just and and Tom Baker as well, like the oldest living Doctor, I just think was beautifully done. Um, You know the who knows, and he taps his nose. I just thought, oh, perfect, absolutely perfect, bringing an him back. And you can see it in Matt Smith's face at that point as well, can't you? Even I wonder Matt how he takes it
2: Yeah, <laughs> but he's
0: like, he's just kind of like in awe of watching this titan in front of him. Absolutely brilliant. Ah, what a, <laughs> what a positive note to end this week's uh, this week's episode on. Of course, we can't finish the episode without talking about our fault locators. Um. Matt, I'm going to let you go first this week.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I think I've made it clear throughout this episode. Um, It's very much, again, just the blending. I think there's two fantastic stories here to be told. But when you had to push them together with the time restraints, it sadly uh, doesn't necessarily give everything we wanted from either of them. Mm -hmm. And I think the simple solution there would have been either more time or to separate them out.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, I think we've all agreed on that so far, haven't we? What about you, Cook?
2: It it always annoys me the part where Clara bursts through the door in the Tower of London, like they <laughs> couldn't have they couldn't have just given the doctors the little win.
0: Yeah, it's that that overplaying Clara's right. importance that's thing again, on, isn't
2: it? Yeah, that's yeah. that's my fault. So. purely purely just because they can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I do like the fact that she showed them up. It was quite a nice little odd. Again, it's that comparison with Sarah Jane. She was always doing that to the fourth Doctor. Um, But yeah, some people would kill me for comparing the two. Um, (laughs) Mine? Oh, no, I don't even need to think about it. Um, I said it at the start of this podcast, and I'll say it again. Um, They really should have had the living Doctors back. Um, I'm going to be quite savage and say I think it was insulting not to include them. Uh, I think there were ways that they could have written them in without, you know, without sacrificing any form of integrity. It, it, you know, I don't believe there's much of an excuse as to why they got away with it, other than maybe maybe they asked them and they didn't want to do it, but I doubt it.
2: Well, that's probably. No, I, <laughs> I think they would have leapt at it if they got. Asked. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Okay, well, uh, that brings us to the end of a of a special episode this week. So, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Let's Tardis Talk. Join us next week and listen in for Series Eight, where we find out if the Twelfth Doctor is a good man. But now it's bye from us.